We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... Here comes the rush, and here's the hit. Second down attempt. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40, the guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Here, test it. Somebody stop that man. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mutes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. We're back. Welcome into Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes. Week three is in the books. We had our fantasy show earlier this week. Getting ready for week four. We got a lot to get to. If you haven't heard the news today, COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID is everywhere. Breaking news out of the NFL. We're going to get to that. We're also going to get to my rant of the day. We're going to throw it a little – we're going to throw it back. We're going to go college. I'm, uh, we haven't spoke about college football in a while. So I'm going to talk about some college football today, a little segment. Then we're going to get into some NFL topics. We're going to talk about the Atlantic coaching job again. I just don't understand it. We, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk about Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky and the quarterback switch there in Chicago. We'll talk about how the COVID impact – how, how, how COVID is going to impact the league and their response to this, this breaking news. And we'll also talk about the guys, the, the three best quarterbacks in football right now. I'll give you my top three quarterbacks, and we'll dive into their, their successes and, and what they're doing to – to just to just show the NFL how great they are. What, what they're doing is really amazing. So we're, we'll get into all of that. I will give you my power rankings. We will talk about my picks from last week. I will give you my picks for this week and my lock of the week. I'm 3-0 and on locks of the week. So if you're not listening, if you're not paying attention, win some money. 3-0. You know what I'm saying? Three, three wins in a row. Go bet 100 on it or something. Make a little bit of money. We don't miss here. We don't miss. But let's get right into it. Let's go. Sideline to sideline. Let's rock. All right, so news from today. Uh, three players for the Tennessee Titans and five personnel tested positive for COVID-19 after the game against Minnesota this past weekend. What does that mean? Well, it means the NFL is not immune to the COVID-19 virus. I know people wanted to think that, right? We were all optimistic. No huge impact. No games canceled. Uh, we haven't seen what baseball had seen. Everything was going smooth. But it was only a matter of time before somebody tested positive. So three players, five personnel, tested positive. They're doing the, the tracing to see if they can kind of nip it in the butt, you know, get it under control before it spreads see who else they were in, in contact with. So that's what the contact, contact tracing will do. And hopefully we get games this weekend. Tennessee is scheduled to play Pittsburgh. And Houston is scheduled to play Minnesota. So Minnesota and Tennessee have both been sent home unav- unavailable, not able to be at the facility this week. And that could be a huge advantage, huge advantage for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Secondly, news out of Detroit. The Lions are rolling with Adrian Peterson as the lead back. Not surprised here. I am disappointed for personal reasons and fantasy perspective. But AP's look good. I mean, I can't – he's looked good in the sense of a 30-something-year-old running back can look. But I think they just want that veteran presence. They trust him. And let's be honest, it's Matt Patricia. He thinks he's smarter than every guy. He's just like Bill Belichick. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room. And why play a young, gifted running back that we drafted and spent capital on when we can play 
old ass Adrian Peterson who gets, you know, four or five yards of carry, can't catch a ball, nothing special anymore. I don't care what anybody says, but he's trustworthy and we'll go with him instead. Doesn't mean much. It's just the Lions. So although the Lions should be two and one, I don't see this really making a huge impact. And as soon as they're eliminated from playoff contention, we will see DeAndre Swift getting the bulk of the carries. So Adrian Peterson, enjoy it while it lasts. Broncos are starting undrafted free agent Brett Rippon on Thursday against the Jets. Guess what? He's probably going to win. You may doubt it, undrafted free agent. He's playing the Jets. The Jets are terrible. The Jets can't beat anybody. I'm, right now, I would take probably three or four college football teams to beat the Jets. And I know say, people say this every year when there's a bad NFL team. But have you watched them? Have you actually sat down and watched them play football? They're terrible. And Adam Gaze is a joke of a head coach, and I don't know why he still has a job. The New York Jets organization has failed miserably, and I will leave it at that. It seems like I'm talking about them every week, so we won't, we won't spend too much time on that, on that organization there. And lastly, the Texans brought in Earl Thomas for a workout, but are not expected to sign the free agent safety. <laughs> this, may, this is selfish right here, but I'm kind of happy because I'm still holding out hope that Jerry Jones comes to his senses. I don't care how bad this locker room chemistry is with Earl Thomas. Our secondary is terrible. And we need some help bad. And Earl Thomas would provide that help. Or Eric Reed. Or, man, just go find somebody. Because right now, Trayvon Diggs is young. Anthony Brown's hurt. Chidobia Wouzier's hurt. Jordan Lewis looks like he's took a step backwards after playing really well last year. And and then our safeties are just bad. I, they're bad. Xavier Woods, I don't know what's going on with him. And Thompson is just literally – I was excited when the Cowboys got rid of Jeff Heath. Everybody that knows me knows I hated that guy. Like, that guy can't play football. He's not a starting safety in this league. Special teams player, whatever, he's not a safety. But then I'm watching Thompson this week and last week. And, you know, I thought he had promise last year, but he got hurt. And, but he's bad. He can't cover anybody. Can't cover anybody. Gets lost in space. Every once in a while, he'll come up and make a good tackle. But it's just too inconsistent. We need to do something. We end up having to put Brandon Carr back there. He's washed. Can, can we please, Jerry Jones, can we please just go sign Earl Thomas? If he wants to fight people in the locker room, maybe he'll punch some sense into them. Because right now, if our defense keeps playing the way it's going, um, we won't be going far. So that's what we got for sideline to sideline. Those are just some quick notes. Let's switch over to college football, man. We, uh, we saw the start of um, SEC play. We're now getting word, obviously, with the Pac-12 and Big Ten are getting ready to ramp up their activity and start their season. It talks of a seven game season. And I'm really excited. I'm, I'm glad that they reconsidered. I think it was premature for them to cancel um, with all of the other sports that were going on. I felt like they needed to take a step back and just reevaluate um, how they went about things. This COVID-19 virus isn't going anywhere. And the more these organizations talk about, let's push it back. Let's push it back. Well, who's to say next January, we're not in the same situation. At some point in time, we're going to have to face this thing head on, come up with some strategies to move past it and work through it instead of trying to avoid it. And I, I'm, I'm glad they reconsidered. And I think both the Pac-12 and the Big Ten will, will benefit from seeing these other conferences already start, go through struggles, have COVID outbreaks, and how they respond to it. Um, we, we should improve and we should learn every time something happens. That's, that's the goal, right, to progress. So, but we saw the start of SEC play. And, you know, we have the top teams in the country. We have the LSUs. We have the, the Clemsons, the Oklahomas. But I want to focus on one team. They've produced uh, two or three straight Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, 
I mean, th- this is now being called quarterback U. They've been, a, they've been a powerhouse for a long time in the Big 12. The Oklahoma Sooners. And I'm going to spend a few minutes on this because I'm irritated to my core at this, at this school. They get a pass every year. They are their regular season good. They always produce great offenses, great quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley, the next great coach. He should get a job in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys should hire him. Shit, I was that guy saying the Cowboys should hire him. And year after year after year after year, they continue to disappoint. They, they are the class of the Big 12, supposedly. And once again, they played Kansas State up by 14 or whatever points going into the fourth quarter and get outscored 17-0 in the fourth quarter. Lose the game 38-35. Once again, their defense is terrible. Can't stop anybody. And when it comes to crunch time, they fold. What's interesting about Oklahoma is I don't just remember last year when they got rolled 63 to 28 in the playoffs by, you know, a powerhouse LSU, but they didn't even show up. They got rolled. Not only do I remember that, but let's go back further. Let's go before Lincoln, right? Let's go to Bob Stoops. When they were getting beat in Fiesta Bowls and by Ian Johnson and Boise State. Yeah, everybody remembers that Statue of Liberty play. This has been the storyline for the Oklahoma Sooners for a long-ass time. And their, their program, their, this, their prestigious program, has been in the playoffs. They're, they're one of the few one-loss teams that find a way in all the time. They've been in the playoffs four times with one loss. Meanwhile, there's teams that maybe they're not in big conferences. Maybe it's a UCF. You know what I mean? Maybe it's one of those teams, but they, they're, they're undefeated. They don't get those opportunities. And I don't want to hear about strength of schedule and all this bullshit about they don't play anybody or why do we have to continue to watch the same teams make the playoffs and the same teams not show up year after year after year? This was the same argument I had when Boise State was going undefeated every year, how they never had an opportunity to compete for a national title. I don't care that they didn't play anybody all year. But then they go into a, a bowl game and roll your beloved Oklahoma Sooners. Why don't they deserve an opportunity to, to, to go up against an Alabama? They might get their ass whooped. Very possible. Very possible. UCF might get destroyed by uh, an LSU team last year. It's, it's possible. Very possible. But how's that different than Oklahoma getting rolled? Why do we have to continue to see these same teams get their ass kicked on the national stage because of the name of their school? Two years in a row, you lose to Kansas State. Poor, I'm, the, the defense is terrible. Like Spencer Rattler's supposed to be the next arm, right? You had, you had Baker Mayfield, you had Kyler Murray, you had Jalen Hurts, now Spencer Rattler. Talented arm. Offense is unbelievable. What are they doing defensively? Can, is it against Oklahoma's policy, academic scholarship, school football scholarship, whatever it is, is it against their policy to recruit a defensive talent? Or, or, or do all they look for is offensive talent? Because it's obviously not working. Can you spend some scholarship money on defense? And if you think your defense is talented enough, then what in the hell is Lincoln Riley doing? Where's the defensive coach, coordinator? Who's running the defense? What is going on? You cannot lose two years in a row to Kansas State and expect. I don't care if it's COVID season and you didn't get any warm-up games against non-conference. I don't care. You can't continue to lose to Kansas State and then expect to run the table and then make a pledge on how you should be in the playoffs. 
I don't want to see you there. I don't want to see last year where you get rolled 63 to 28 against LSU. And I don't want to see you this year after losing to Kansas state this early in the season. Don't want to see it. If Oklahoma's in the playoffs, I'm going to have a problem with it. And you're going to hear my voice again and again and again. It's just unacceptable. Unacceptable. There's no excuses for Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't get excuses. They're not in the same position as an LSU who won the national title and then lose half their roster to the NFL. I'll give them a pass. Their best receiver decides to opt out. I'll give them a pass. Oklahoma doesn't get a pass. You don't get a pass when you give up leads like the Atlanta Falcons. No passes allowed here. Done. Done with Oklahoma. Recruit defensive players. I don't want to hear about star quarterbacks anymore. They're borderline. And this is kind of disrespectful because I love what John, John Calipari and Kentucky do um, in college basketball and what he did when he was with Memphis. But they're borderline that style. You can come play for our program and we will make – you're an offensive player. We will make you look great. You'll get drafted in the first round. All these things. But we'll never win. We'll get you to the playoffs, but we'll never win the big one. Unfortunately, that's Calipari majority of the time. And that's a selling point, right? That's why they recruit these talent is, hey, I'll recruit you, and I'm telling you what, I will make you go pro. I will get you to the league. But I can't promise we're going to win national titles while we're here. And to me, that's just, why can't you do both? Especially in college football. College basketball, there's an excuse. These guys are leaving after freshman year. College football, you got these guys for three years. And you still can't get it done. Don't want to hear it anymore. Oklahoma, I'm done with you. I'm going to add you to the list. Carson Wentz, Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff, and the Oklahoma Sooners. My list is getting longer week by week. I might not have anything to talk about soon. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm sick of it. All right, anyways, uh, as I mentioned, LSU, they lost their opener, their um, SEC opener. I mean, I don't want to talk about, like, national championship hangovers. They lost half their team. And I know they're, they're a big powerhouse, good recruiting class, all this, all that, whatever. You lose half your team. Your best player in Jamar Chase decides to opt out. It is what it is, man. LSU could run the table, and if they get into the playoffs, I won't be bothered. I don't think they're a top-five team. I'm just watching them. They didn't look like a, a top-five team. If the Big Ten come back, Pac-12 come back, Ohio State, Oregon, I think LSU finds its way out of the top five. There are some teams that um, I'm going to talk about here in, in the Heisman Watch that I'm really excited about. Uh, number one being, which was one of my sleeper picks at the beginning of the year. Uh, obviously, the other one was Georgia. Jamie Newman opted out. I'm not riding that bandwagon anymore. Uh, I like Georgia, but Jamie Newman, it was, it was predicated on having Jamie Newman there. Um, he's deciding to go to the NFL draft, so um, I'm kind of dropping them out. But Florida, I, I really, really, really like this team. I think Kyle Trask is legit. Uh, if you didn't watch, he threw six touchdowns over the weekend, 416 yards. And that tight end, Kyle Pitts, uh, I was impressed. <laughs> Needless to say, he's athletic, he's long, he's big, he's strong, he has great hands. I was impressed. I expect big things from him this year. I think he caught four touchdowns. So Florida, Florida's moving its way up for me. I, I see them contending this year. I really, really liked what they did. Um, and excited to see where they go from here. They have a tendency to kind of falter too. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put them at the top just yet, but I have high hopes for them. Um, and, and Kyle Trask is definitely a Heisman trophy candidate early in the season. Obviously we have Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. Let's be real. As long as they got Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be there. Dude's a stud um, talent everywhere. I expect them to be in the national championship game this year. Waiting on the Big Ten to start, but Justin Fields is definitely a Heisman to watch. Uh, I'm glad we're going to get the chance to see him. I think 
it would have been it would have been bad if we didn't get to see him this year. I think whoever did win the Heisman would have been I don't want to say an asterisk, but he's got something to say about it. And um, I'm glad we're going to get to see him play on Saturdays. Um, two other quarterbacks I want to talk about that I believe are in the Heisman race early. Uh, one being KJ Costello from Mississippi State. You saw Dak Prescott shout him out. Um, they Their offense, man, looks, looks legit. That offense, the way they played uh, against LSU, I was – Man, that, that looks like an offense. Kylan Hill, who I'm super excited about on the next level. I think that that's a dual threat guy. Um, his translation to the NFL, I think, is going to be seamless. I think that guy's got a lot of potential. But KJ Costello, man, threw for 623 yards. Do you realize how many yards that is? That is just shredding a defense. Absolutely shredding a defense. So, so that was impressive. That win was impressive for them. Um, keep your eye on them. Keep your eye on KJ Costello. And then the last guy I want to talk about, I'm not overly impressed with him. I wasn't overly impressed with the 272 yards, but Sam Ellinger from Texas, big time comeback win. Um, One thing I did like from him, there was a quote that his coach said he came to him when they were down 10 and said, they left us too much time. And just that confidence, that leadership, uh, players like that always get me, man. I, I think that's, that's the sign of a true leader and rallying your team. It's, it's the whole Patrick Mahomes feel in the Super Bowl down. We're never out of it. Let's, let's go. Let's keep working. Um, his linebacker on his team quoted him saying he's the Tom Brady of college football. Uh, I'm not going to go there. Tom Brady wasn't that great in college football. So, um, and if you're comparing him to the Tom Brady in the NFL, not only did it take years before Tom Brady really established himself as that guy, but that's, that's throwing real praise at a guy that hasn't done anything. So uh, I pumped the brakes on that, but that, that, that is saying a lot. I mean, as far as a player coming out and endorsing you in that capacity, um, that's, that's pretty impressive. So those are my top five Heisman candidates, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, KJ Costello, Sam Ellinger, and Kyle Trask. Right now, I would probably put them Lawrence, Trask, Costello, Ellinger, and Fields. And Fields is five only because he hasn't played. So uh, once he gets on the field, I assume he will move up to two or three. Um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Kyle Trask and the Florida Gators. And it's been a while. So I know, I know people down in the swamp are excited. All right, so let's touch on a little bit of college football. We will get into more college football as the weeks progress. Obviously, NFL is dominant. Um, I only do an hour show, so I don't want to – I don't want to hoard it all down with college football. We got to get into the NFL. <clears throat> and if I have to watch one more Atlanta Falcons debacle, I, I'm going to lose it. At, where in the hell did this team learn how to play football? 28 to 3. 29 to 10, 26 to 10 in the fourth quarter. These leads just keep evaporating. How in the hell do this, does this keep happening? Uh, two people, not three people to blame. First, Arthur Blank and the general manager, um, is it Thomas Dimitrov? You got to let Dan Quinn go. You, you got to let him go. What, how do you support a guy who is known for his defense, came from Seattle, who is known from his defense, for his defense, and you're getting these big leads? You got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Calvin Ridley, Russell, get like these weapons. Uh, um, Hayden Hurst now, it was Austin Hooper last year. You got offense. You guys put up points. Never been a problem. You five always have scored. And you get these big leads. And you find a way to lose. You allow these teams to come back from double-digit leads. It, how do you continue to support a guy who allows these epic collapses? Now, I know it was Shanahan before it was Dan Quinn. And I get that. I get Shanahan was the you know, coordinator and call and play. What a, 
but Dan Quinn is the guy. The defense has taken a step back. Their defense is terrible. Dan Quinn's a defensive-minded coach. So if you have those weapons on offense and a defensive-minded coach, somewhere there's a disconnect. The second person I'm going to blame, and I'm just going to say it, is Matt Ryan. And I know he doesn't play defense. And I know he puts up points and a lot of stats. Oh, yeah, he's a stat guy. A lot of hollow stats. When is he going to be held accountable? Because he was an MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Cam was without a job. He's getting paid less than backup quarterbacks. When is, I mean, Dak can't get a contract. Mitchell Trubisky just got benched and he was 2-0. and Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not backing Mitchell Trubisky. But what I'm saying is, when does Matt Ryan, when is he going to be looked at as a guy that's never been able to get it done? He's been to a Super Bowl and choked. There were other times he in the playoffs against the 49ers. He had a chance to win those games. Came up short. As a Cowboy fan, I bring, the, I bring these things up because I'm a supporter of the players on my team, but I'm also realistic. I watched Tony Romo go through these same issues about not getting it done which was disheartening, but I watched him get ridiculed and criticized and, and people never let him live it down. Where is that for Matt Ryan? Matty Ice. Everybody was talking about him as the next guy. Like it's been since 2008. When are we going to realize he's not elite? You're get, you, you have a 26 to 10 lead against the Chicago Bears who benched their quarterback and bring in Nick Foles, a backup, and you can't move the ball and score a point to help your defense that you know is bad? I, I just, I don't know. And then the last person is Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's got to go. He's got to go. You, you go out and acquire Todd Gurley. Right? So you know the knee issues, but all the talks is he's healthy. He's ready to go. He's, he's looking good. We're not going to limit him. Um, all I know is you don't run the ball. 14 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. That's almost six yards a carry. He only, he only carried the ball 14 times. What are you saving him for? I don't want to hear I'm saving him for the end of the season. You're 0-3. What exactly are you saving Todd Gurley for? Hand the man the ball. And if he's hurt, then you shouldn't have traded for him. Pisses me off. No, let's put the ball in Matty Ice's hands, who throws, you know, 50% of his passes and like against a good defense. You were running the ball. And you stop and you get behind and then you're panicking. Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles, really? Come on, man. Now I got to hear all this talk about Nick Foles is the next coming of Joe Montana. Oh, he's the greatest. Oh, he, he's the comeback king and blah, 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 blah. Dan Quinn, you need to go. Arthur Blank, Thomas Dimitrov. I believe that's who it is. You, you got you to gotta get rid of him, man. Don't wait. It can't get worse. I don't care who you bring in. It can't get worse. Make the move now. Don't wait. You still have a chance. Season's not over. Don't wait. <clears throat> Speaking of the Bears, we all seen it coming the minute they, they brought over Nick Foles. I don't even think Chicago wanted it to be this early. It's crazy, man. How can you be 2-0 and and get benched? Like, you haven't even lost a game, man. You have to be that bad. Like, seriously, you have to be that bad to be 2-0 and and, and then get benched in the middle of a game. And, and, and granted, you were down. You were down, you know, 16 points or whatever. But 
it was it, it's it, Matt Nagy was just looking for that moment to say, you know what, we need to change and to justify everything that's happened in Chicago, right? So they bring in Nick Foles. You couldn't have picked a better team to bring him in against. You already knew. I'm sure the Bears were like, oh, yeah, we're going to win this game. You see what they did against Dallas last week? And I'm sure Atlanta was worried. No Julio. And they went and choked it off again. But, but the, bigger, the bigger thing is, again, who's going to hold accountable the Bears organization for the draft picks that they traded to get Mitchell Trubisky, for passing up Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, like, is it all forgotten because now Nick Foles is there and maybe Nick Foles goes on and takes them to the playoffs and has some success? Or are people going to, like, hold them accountable and say, hey, you, you crippled your franchise by trading away all these picks for this guy who you believed in, and then you benched him for a backup quarterback who's been a backup his whole life. Or not, I mean, his whole life. That's, he's a starter in – college but in his nfl career a lot of that time has been as a backup and when it wasn't as a backup when it's been as a starter outside of when he started for fully outside of one year in philly with chip kelly it hasn't been that good like nick Foles hasn't gone wire to wire and taken a team to the playoffs and you know nfc championship no he hasn't he comes in, he sparks a team, and he's competent. He's competent enough because he has he's a veteran, he's been in the league, he's competent enough to win games. Big games. And he had a great Super Bowl performance. I'm not knocking that. He won a Super Bowl. Great performance. But if you're telling me Nick Foles is my quarterback from week one to week 17 and the playoffs, I'll pass. There's 20 guys I take before him. And that's not a joke. I'll pass. And the Bears are going to find out. It's week three. Mark my words. By week 12, we're going to be talking about uh, the Bears might have made the, the move too quick. Jacksonville paid him and then let him go. He's not that good. He's competent. He's a competent backup. They just better hope that defense continues to play so and Nick Foles can just do his thing and not turn the ball over and, you know, we'll see. I don't know what kind of schedule they play, but that's definitely going to make a difference. He's competent, but he's nothing special. That whole Foles, Trubisky, I don't know, you could pick a name out of a hat. Neither one's going to take him anywhere. So COVID-19, um, Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers, Minnesota Vikings, and Houston Texans can all be impacted this week whether the game is played or not, whether it's pushed back. All indications are the league is pushing forward with the games. Huge disadvantage to Tennessee with no practice time in Minnesota. But I like that the NFL is not wavering. The teams were aware this could happen. Sometimes they might be at a disadvantage, but deal with it. You're professionals. I'm, when I go into work and things aren't the way I want them to be, do I get to just say, you know what? Nope, don't want to work today. I'm going to clock out. I don't want to deal with this. No, you have to deal with it. Adjust. When you enter the workforce, that's what you have to do. You have to adjust. So I don't want to hear any players complaining about, oh, we didn't get time to do game prep or walkthroughs or figure it out. Zoom sessions, F figure it out. Study film, do it on your own. You have no sympathy. You're getting paid millions of dollars to do a job on Sundays show up on Sunday when that game is scheduled to be played and play. Simple as that. Players always talk about rest and healing their bodies. Rest. There you go. You got your rest. Extra bye week. Except for the game. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, not really listening to any fans who complain. Don't care. Get over it. I mean, when Minnesota's 0-3, you can't play worse than what you've been playing. So I really don't want to hear it from you. And Tennessee's been playing well. So I think Vrabel came out and said it. Um, Tennessee's 3-0. Vrabel came out and said it like, hey, just show up. We got a job to do. I wouldn't expect anything less from a Belichick guy. 
I like that mentality. Good for them. They're probably going to get rolled by the, uh, by the Steelers though. Big Ben gets preparation time and you don't, ah. but I like the attitude regardless of what, what the outcome is. I like the attitude. No excuses, just play. Man, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, these dudes are crazy legit. You can't go wrong picking either one of them. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I have a I have a huge man crush on Patrick Mahomes, and that dude is a straight player. And I'm I will say it. I've said this a number of times outside of this show. He is the best quarterback I've ever seen play football. <clears throat> Not breaking news, but from, from the eyeball test, from watching him play the game, whether you uh, – just inc- incorporating everything, leadership, talent, ability, uh, mobility, throwing on the run, throwing in the pocket, reading a defense uh, – galvanizing his teammates, being coachable, attitude, energy, effort, uh, body language, everything about Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to be, is like the perfect football player. And nobody's perfect. Does he throw interceptions? Yes. Does he make bad reads? Yes. You stand him next to any other quarterback, and that is, he's just the perfect football player. You can't trade him for anybody. I love what Russell Wilson's doing. I love what Aaron Rodgers, I'm a big time Aaron Rodgers fan. Before Patrick Mahomes came along, I was the guy who said Aaron Rodgers is the most talented I've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes already took that crown and he's only 25 or 24. That dude can do everything. And he does it with a smile. He's coachable. His teammates love him. He is the face of the NFL. <clears throat> million well-deserved. Now, that's not to discount Russell Wilson, who I think is league MVP right now, because that Seattle team, they're good, but their defense is bad. And Russell Wilson covers up a lot of deficiencies that they have. That dude is amazing. He's playing the best football of his career. Right now, league MVP, in my opinion. And Aaron Rodgers is a close second. And I know people want to put Josh Allen in there, He's probably third. But still, if I started a team today, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he didn't get off to a great start the first two weeks, and he still won. And then he comes to Baltimore, and he, he showed why. But as far as league MVP, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to giving people credit. Josh Allen's playing well. Aaron Rodgers is playing phenomenal. And I don't like using that word anymore after watching the, the presidential debate tonight. <laughs> but he is. He's doing – he's – He's looking like the Aaron Rodgers of old. I think him and Matt LaFleur are clicking. And, I mean, people forget. People forget that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur were just in the NFC Championship game. They were one game away from the Super Bowl. So this notion that Aaron Rodgers was washed and Jordan Love was going to come in and replace him, please, man. Aaron Rodgers is that dude. He can make any throw on the field. You've seen what he did to the New Orleans Saints defense without his best offensive weapon in Devontae Adams. It's their defense is legit. Green Bay is is Green Bay is the class of the NFC right now. <clears throat> Russell Wilson, MVP, Aaron Rodgers close number number two, Josh Allen number three, but Patrick Mahomes is the best football player on the planet. Unquestioned. All right. So let's get into these power rankings. Got a few more segments. Um, Again, if you guys are are listening, follow us on Instagram, sideline to sideline underscore podcast on Twitter at S2 podcast. Appreciate all the, all the love and support. When we go live with these shows, hopefully soon uh, I'm working to get it done. I want to answer your questions, interact with you guys, have some fun. 
Um, appreciate all the love and support though. And then we have a new podcast that'll be airing this Sunday. Uh, me and my co-host, Justin Henry, we got a new podcast coming out. It's called the lineup setters. We will be doing everything daily fantasy, setting your lineups for the week. Uh, it's going to be at 6 a.m. our time, so you got to wake up early. But we got all the last-minute uh, nuggets, get your lineup set, who's in, who's out. Um, and then we'll do a, a DraftKings lineup challenge and some have some fun with that. So be on the lookout for that, the lineup setters. It'll be on Twitch, and I'll give you more information on that as as the time comes. And then after our first episode, um, do a little recap there as well. Also pay attention to my my IG and the – and the Twitter feed, and I'll, I'll put the links in there so everybody can watch. And, um, again, we appreciate the support. All right, power ranking time. Top five I didn't do last week. I do it every other week. My top five teams, Cowboys are number one. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm not that much of a homer. We look like trash on defense. I still have some hope, though, we play in a trash division. So, hopefully, we can fix some of the problems. Um, here we go. So, my number five team. Best defense in the league to me, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben's back. I think my only concern with the Steelers right now is their running game. James Connors, you know, he, he's good, but he's, he's, sometimes he's up and down. But they're just a solid football team, tough out. I don't think they win the division. I think that's Baltimore's, but they can make noise as a wild card. My number four team is the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen looks like an MVP candidate. And their defense was looking good. Obviously, they let the Rams come back in that game, but I still believe in their defense. And I just, I'm a believer. I think, I think Jean McDermott's done a really, really good job in Buffalo. And the best Buffalo Bills team I've seen since early 90s. Like, they're just a complete team top to bottom. I like what they're doing there. My number three team, I know people think it's Seattle, but it's not. It's Baltimore. I know they just lost to Kansas City, but Lamar Jackson is 21-4 and in the regular season in his career. 21-4. and He's 0-3 versus Kansas City. He only has one other loss. He's 21-1 or 21 and um, against everybody else. So not going to make too much of a big deal out of it. Kansas City owns a lot of teams. Baltimore's defense is still good. Baltimore can still run the ball. Baltimore still has a really good coach, and they're my number three team. Number two is the Green Bay Packers, and this list does change as teams look like shit or they look better. And Green Bay right now looks like they're the number one team in the NFC to me. I, they beat a New Orleans Saints team that I think is really good, even without Michael Thomas. Remember, they are my Super Bowl pick. Um, obviously not having Michael Thomas hurt, but Green Bay didn't have Devontae Adams, and they still moved the ball up and down the field at will. Aaron Jones, thank the Lord they freed him. Aaron Jones is a legit running back, and Aaron Rodgers looks like he's back to his MVP self. So Green Bay is my number two team. And number one, which will not change. Um, honestly, I'm going to say this right now. This probably won't change unless the Kansas City Chiefs lose four games. The Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football because they have the best player in football and one of the best tight ends in football and one of the best receivers in football, one of the best defensive coaches in football, and I'm going to say it, one of the best, probably the best offensive coordinator in football and a top two head coach in football. When you have that many top this, elite this in football, you're going to win. You're the best team. And until, until I see otherwise, nobody's going ahead of them. So Kansas City's number one, my Super Bowl favorite, back-to-back. Um, teams that were left out, the Saints, Michael Thomas' injury hurts. They haven't played that well. Um, the Niners, I'm concerned about the injuries, and that division is extremely tough. Even though I think they'll be fine and they'll make the playoffs, I just think getting through the playoffs this year will be a little bit different than last year. And then I think that's it. Yep, everybody else is kind of 
middle of the road. Tampa Bay still working its way up. I'm still not completely sold on Brady, but the defense, their defense helps a lot because they have a ton of weapons on offense. So if they get it going, they're going to be scary. All right. So last week I went 11 and five on picks. I told you guys I'm getting better. Listen to me. As the season goes on, the picks get better and better. Teams start to reveal themselves. And I am 3-0 on my locks of the week. As I stated, the lock of the week last week was easy. It was the Colts versus the Jets. You can basically take anybody versus the Jets, and you'll probably get paid. So here we go. This week, we'll start in Dallas. Cleveland, Dallas. Dallas is favored by four and a half. I don't believe in Cleveland. I think that offense is limited. Dallas is an explosive offense, not a very good defense, but I think Cleveland Browns offense is, is not like Seattle's. It's not like Atlanta's and it's definitely not like the Rams. I will take Dallas at home minus four and a half. The Colts travel to Chicago to take on Nick Foles (laughs) and the Chicago bears. And the Colts are actually favored in this one, um, which was surprising seeing that the bears were, you know, a three and football team. And then now they've replaced Nick Foles uh, or Trubisky with Nick Foles. But again, I think Chicago is a lot of smoke and mirrors and that record is not really what it's, I mean, I know you are what you are, but that record, it looks better than it actually is. I'm going to take the Colts minus two and a half defense is really good. Phillip rivers is playing well and they like to run the ball. I will take the Colts. Jacksonville, Cincinnati, I will take Jacksonville plus three. Joe Burrow's looking like a rookie. He's playing fairly decent. He's not turning the ball over, which is impressive to me because rookies turn the ball over. That's probably the biggest takeaway. I thought he would turn the ball over a lot more than he has, but they can't run the ball. Their offensive line is bad. Their defense isn't very good. They just happened to tie a worse team in Philadelphia last week. So I would take Jacksonville plus three. I think they rebound after a tough loss to Miami. They had 10 days before they play. Um, I'll take Jacksonville plus three. Saints go to Detroit. I will take the Saints minus four. No explanation here. Detroit's two and one, but, or one and two, but they gave up a big lead. They should be two and one. I think Arizona kind of didn't show up last week and Detroit, and they let Detroit off the hook. So I will take New Orleans minus four. I think New Orleans bounces back. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, the COVID game. I don't care if they practice all week or not. I'm taking Pittsburgh minus two. I just think they're better than Tennessee. Seattle, Miami, not much to see here. Seattle minus six and a half. I think Seattle covers. I think they're really, really good. I do worry about their defense, but Miami still is limited offensively. Ryan Fitzpatrick will throw, but they won't be enough. I think the Seattle wins probably by 10. Chargers, Tampa Bay, again, rookie quarterback going into Tampa. I'll take Brady all day. Minus seven, I'll take Tampa. Uh, Herbert looks good, though, and I told you guys Herbert was going to have a better year than than Burrow. I meant it. Herbert looks better than Burrow. Um, Right now, I'll take Herbert as rookie of the year offensively over Joe Burrow. Baltimore and Washington. I'm going to take Washington in this one. No, not to win the game, but to cover the 13 and a half points. They fight, man. They're not a great team, but they fight. Baltimore seems to be wanting to develop Lamar Jackson in the past game more, even though their offense is not built for that. And I think there's some offensive struggles that he's going through. He'll work through them. They'll win the game, but it will be by 10. Arizona and Carolina. I will take Arizona to bounce back minus three and a half. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake all have big days. Minnesota at Houston, again, Houston, um, they just, they've had a tough schedule to start, but I told you this at the beginning of the season. I don't believe in them. Deshaun Watson got paid and can't win. I'm saying it again. Dak Prescott still hasn't got paid. And all they want to talk about is what he's done, but all these other guys are getting paid. And yet here's Dak still not getting paid and looks a lot better than these guys right now. So I'll leave it there. Minnesota covers three and a half. Giants, Rams, Rams minus 12 and a half. I'll take them. Giants suck. Patriots, Chiefs. I know everybody likes what the Patriots are doing. 
they can't keep up with Kansas City. Kansas City minus seven all day, every day. Buffalo Raiders, I will take the Raiders. Yes, Raider fans, I'm taking you. I told you guys I believed in the Raiders. Like what Gruden's doing there. Tough loss against New England, but you're on the road. New England is, I mean, come on. They, they just, they know how to prepare for teams. They eliminated Darren Waller out of the game. That's what Belichick does. It takes your best weapons and they eliminate them. They took out Darren Waller. They had nothing left. So I don't think Buffalo has the same success. I will take the Raiders to cover the three points. Eagles, Niners, not much to say. I said it all in my rant. Until Carson Wentz is replaced, the Eagles will suck. I'll take the Niners minus seven, whether it's Mullins or Garoppolo. Don't care. Atlanta, Green Bay, I will take Green Bay minus seven. Aaron Rodgers is playing on another level right now. Matt Ryan just can't get it done. And it doesn't matter. They could be up by 15, 20 points, and Green Bay will still come back and cover because they are the Falcons. So Dallas minus four and a half. Indianapolis minus two and a half. Jacksonville plus three. Saints minus four. Pittsburgh minus two. Seattle minus six and a half. Tampa Bay minus seven. Washington plus 13 and a half. Arizona minus three and a half. Minnesota plus three and a half. The Rams minus 12 and a half. Kansas City minus seven, Las Vegas plus three, the 49ers minus seven, and Green Bay minus seven are my picks. And for my lock of the week, drum roll please, Green Bay minus seven, Monday night against Atlanta, and this will be the final straw for Dan Quinn. Tuesday morning he will wake up, he will no longer have a job. All right, folks, there you have it. Thanks for sticking it out with me. Just under an hour here. We got a good week four coming up. Um, Again, I got a lot of exciting stuff. Um, Next week on the show, I am going to have a special guest, hopefully. It'll be a short segment. It'll be an interview. We'll talk some high school football, uh, some high school sports, how they're dealing with COVID and some local stuff just to kind of switch it up a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm trying to give a little little love to the the local, local coaches, and I got a special interview there. And then I also, the following week, I will have another special guest host, um, guy I used to play football with coming from way back. So hopefully he's still down to come on. And then again, check out my new show this week, 6 a.m. on Twitch. It's called The Lineup Setters, um, co-host Justin Henry. A lot of good stuff for you if you play DraftKings or you just want some help with your daily lineups. We'll answer live questions. Uh, it's going to be fun, man. So Again, I'll be posting more about that on my social media platforms at sideline to sideline underscore podcast for IG and at S2 podcast on Twitter. Follow me, drop me a comment, ask me a question. Uh, Let's interact a little bit, have some fun. And again, thank you for listening until next time we out.